Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick begins Session 2 of the four-part Guidelines for a Happy Home series. This series is intended to strengthen the home to experience all that God has designed it to be. In it, you will discover how to establish a proper foundation, power of commitment, and the importance of a favorable atmosphere that results in victorious living that in turn empowers us to live in victory in our everyday lives. This is a must for all Christian couples that desire their home to be a little heaven on earth. This series was taught at the Church on the Rock in Berea, Kentucky. On this broadcast, Brother Rick begins Session 2, entitled The Glue That Holds Your Home Together. He begins the message by teaching us the eight actions attached to commitment. Then he defines the word commitment and reads this text taken from Genesis chapter 24, verses 1 through 19, the story of Isaac and Rebekah. He'll conclude today's session by bringing us the first of seven lessons that we can learn from the relationship between Isaac, Rebekah, and Abraham. And now, here's Brother Rick. Open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 24. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about the glue that holds your home together. If I asked you to say one word that is necessary for holding your home together, what would you say it was? Shout it out. Love, that's a good one. Respect. What is the glue that holds the marriage or home together? Trust and honor. Trust and honor. God. 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 Huh? Commitment. Deb's got the notes. Anyway, <laughs> I want to talk to you a little bit tonight about commitment. How many of you know that you're going to come back and back and back again to your commitment? To your commitment. And so tonight I want us to examine a commitment. Uh, the word commitment has a host of actions attached to it. And let me just give you some of them. To work. How many of you know it's going to take that? To carry out your commitment. To work. To do. I like this one. To practice. How many of you know you're going to need some practice? Carry out your commitment. Here's another one. To labor tirelessly. Boy, sounds tough, don't it? To keep your commitment to minister. One definition says to trade. I mean, never know it's going to take you compromising. Somebody said marriage is give and take. Another guy said it seems to be give and give at my place. I mean, never know it really is give and give a lot of times. We are giving. And I think that, that really that's true. We need to be givers in a relationship so we don't bankrupt it. To continue, that's another word. To complete, that's another See, it's going to require effort for you to stay in your commitment. It won't come easy, but the word begins by having in common. That's what the root word is for commitment, to have in common. In other words, there's a purpose for which you're living. There's something you've got in common. There's something that you're wanting to accomplish. There's a purpose attached that God's desiring for your home to be fulfilled. And to illustrate this, I want us to look at the commitment in the life of of Isaac and Rebecca. Such an interesting thing. 
In fact, in Genesis chapter 24, verse 1 says, And Abraham was old and well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abram with all things. And Abraham said to his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, your hand under your thigh, and make swear an oath unto me by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom we now dwell. But go unto my country, to my kindred, to, my, uh, to take a wife unto my son Isaac. And the servant said unto him, Preaventure, this woman may not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I need bring thy son again to the land from whence she came? And Abraham said, Beware, thou that bringeth not my son thither again, the Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house, from the land of my kindred, which spake unto me and swore unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. He shall send angels before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And if the woman will not be willing to follow you, then you will be cleared from this oath. Only bring not my son thither again. And the servant put his hand under his thigh of Abraham his master and swore him concerning this matter. And then the servant took ten camels of his masters and departed. For all the goods of his master was in his hands. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor. And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by the well of water at the time of the evening. Even at the time when the women went out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God. Of my master Abraham, I pray, send good speed unto me this day, and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I will stand here by the wells of water. And when the daughters of men of the city come out to draw water, let it come to pass that the damsel who says unto me, Let down thy pitcher, thy pitcher I pray thee, that I may drink. And she says, Drink, and I will also give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed. For thy servant Isaac, and there sh thereby shall I know that thou hast shown kindness to my master. And it came to pass. Everybody said it come to pass. Before he was done speaking, Rebekah came out, who was born of Bethuel, son of Melchah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. The damsel was fair to look upon a virgin, neither had any man known her. She went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. And the servant ran out to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, a drink of, a little drink of water from thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she hastened and let down her pitcher from her hand and gave him drink. And when she had done this, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have done drinking. Now I'm going to stop right there. But I want to talk about relationship commitment. And how that sometimes our commitment is the only thing that holds us together. Feelings will change. How many knows that's true? And God has so designed us that most of the time, you'll find it to be this case, that women are the ones that are more analytical many times than we are as men. Uh, men are more adventurous by nature. We're kind of that kind of a, a thing. And, and you'll find out in most relationships, men have a battle in mind, a conquest in mind. Women have a strategy in mind. Women seem to be the ones many times that are regulators of relationships. In this situation, I'm fascinated by the fact that Rebecca seems to be the one in the decision-making here. 
Isaac's back at home in the field. Reminds me of a poem I heard years ago. Slippery ice, very thin. Pretty girl tumbled in. Saw a boy on the bank, gave a shriek, and then she sank. Boy on hand, heard her shout, jumped right in and pulled her out. Now she's his and all is nice, all because she broke the ice. Most of the time, it's the women <laughs> that seems to be more the thinking part of relationship. And so let's look at this on Isaac and Rebecca. The first thing I began to notice about her was she was a woman of commitment. She was a woman of commitment. She understood that love was a choice backed up by commitment. There's several things that indicate this. Number one, she was a virgin. She was committed to God. She was not a woman that was looking, so to speak. Scripture reveals that she had come to do what she was committed to do on a daily basis. She was coming daily to do these things, carry out her commitment to her father. She was committed in her relationship with the Lord. She was already a committed person. And in fact, she demonstrated her commitment by being willing to water his camels. Boy, that seems like such a flimsy thing. Yeah, I'll give water to your camel. Do y'all have any idea how much a camel drinks? Did you know that we, we were looking at this, just researching it out this morning. It's somewhere around 300 gallons of water this woman got that day. If he didn't have any more camels than just the 10, because they drink about 30 gallons of water when them dudes drink. <laughs> now, imagine whatever pitcher a woman can carry. Just make it however big you think she can handle. That was a commitment. I'll water your camels. So I, I believe this is Eleazar here, but he says, let the woman that is committed to going down with a pitcher and bringing about 300 gallons of water up. How many of you know it took a commitment? <laughs> a big commitment. Now, there's several lessons I've learned about this, and I want to give them to you. We're not going to go very long tonight, but I want to give you these. There's about seven things I learned as I studied this concerning the subject of commitment. The first thing I noticed was that the commitment involved more than one person. Notice this is not a commitment between Isaac and Rebecca only. Let me give you some characters in this. First of all, Abraham prayed. How many of you believe we ought to be doing that for our children's commitments? We ought to be praying for the person that they should have in their life. It should all begin with prayer. In fact, I've always told my kids this. You can choose anybody you want to to marry. I can choose anybody I want to to bless. If you could choose somebody I could bless, it'd work in your favor. In other words, I don't think that it is really smart to trust only yourself when it comes to lifelong commitments. I'm waiting patiently for an amen. amen. Abraham prayed, Eleazar went. 
God became involved in it when he answered the fleece that he put out. Rebecca made a choice. How many of you know the choice was hers? She didn't have to go. And even Abraham said, if she don't come, you're free from your oath. You're swearing, Eliezer. You're okay. And so understand that, that Rebecca made a choice. Here's another thing that's fascinating to me. Isaac accepted the choice. Now, man, I can't really wrap my thinking around this. I travel around the world where some places have arranged marriages. I ain't, I, 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 I. You know, I got all kinds of thoughts about that. But one thing, I ain't sure I want, you know, my dad to do that for me. But anyhow, <laughs> thank you very much. Isaac accepted the choice. Now, here's something very important. And both families blessed the union. It's just my thought. I could be wrong. But it's just my thought. The more people you have that see things the same, the greater chance you're probably doing the right thing. In a multitude of counselors, there's safety. People that love you are not going to tell you things to hurt you automatically. It's not wrong to say, hey, what do you think about? What do you think about this? Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's a fruitfullife.org. Thanks for listening.